0: You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Dude, you're, you're the Tommy McNamara
1: of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With your Let's hosts, go. Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about Mike Grella, I'm going to cut you.
0: And Harrison Crow, Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least
2: expect it. From the kickoff to the shoot.
1: Hello, yes, and welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I'm your host, Ian with me as always, man who doesn't need an old man face app. It's Harrison Crow. Say hey to everybody, Harrison. The NSA already has
0: all my information
1: already. Yeah. Boy. I you know one thing that 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 <laughs> I don't know, maybe I shouldn't turn this show into a platform for my personal like uh, pet peeves or whatever, but I'm going to get into it. Like, like, like I'm a AM talk host, talk show host or whatever. You know what really gets on my nerves, Harrison? <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, I've getting really, uh, weary of the social media holidays. Um, like every day is a national yeah. blank day. And I know why they do it because i work in social media. So I know that sometimes you just don't have anything to say. But talk about like national emoji day. Yeah, National Emoji Day or today's National Otter Day. So let's do some otter content with otters, and you just get like weird. Um, it just produces a lot of bad content. I mean, I like otters. That's a bad example because otters are usually always good content because they're otters. Yeah,
0: let's let's stay away from the otter hate. We, we don't like need if, we don't need otter supporters yeah, to get on our back. Yeah, right? and that's the last thing
1: we need. They, they are legion, but you know what I mean. Just like oh, it's National uh, French Fries Day. Here's some French fries. What's your favorite French fries? Let's talk about... Uh, I don't know. All right. I'm never going to make it as an of talk shows. Yeah, this, I, I, this I is not steam. good. I already had a steam on it. Uh, but maybe maybe someday I'll, I'll get enough anger to do so, it.
0: So I'd been avoiding doing the stupid old man app yeah. all yesterday. Yeah. And then my wife sends me a text message. And it's me. She had uploaded a picture of me to do so, it. That's the thing. People so, will just
1: do it to you. You don't have yeah, to do it. You don't have to do it
0: yourself. I was like, well, there we go. Yeah. So much for me being like, NSA is going to steal your data.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. they already have. <laughs> like if you're on, it's not like, I, I always think that's kind of funny that people are like, they're going to use your data. And it's like, they already got it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite jokes I ever heard was when someone was like, I was signing up for a Gmail address the other day, and they asked me to put in my information, and I thought that was really cute, like they didn't already have it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's true. <laughs> I wish I could credit that joke, but I don't remember where it came from. But, <laughs> that's pretty uh, good. Good work on that. Anyway, enough ranting, unhinged ranting from, from Ian. Let's, let's talk about soccer because, listen, it's a great sport. I think mean, we can all agree about that. Um, yeah, we don't nice. really have a
0: transition here, do we?
1: No, I didn't. I didn't plan a a segue. So let's, let's just get into it. Drop it neutral. Uh, Harrison, big big week for you. Yeah, yeah. I know um, that. Well, as soon as I saw this news, I thought it was funny that my first thought was not "Oh, good for Patrick Mullins." It was "Oh, good for Harrison." <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the Patrick Pollens is a, is a Toronto FC. He's an FC, Harrison. Uh, yeah, he was an SC
0: beforehand, right? That's right. He's, now uh, he's, he's an, an FC.
1: SC to FC. He's a uh,
0: Torontoan. He, he, more importantly, he's with an organization that might in some way uh,
1: value him. Possibly. Hey-o. Possibly. Uh, Josie Altidore's questionable bill of health. Really a benefit in Patrick Mullins' court here. Uh, yeah, right.
0: Uh, it seems <laughs> like it's now almost assumed that Patrick Mullins will probably get a thousand minutes over the course of the next, at least the next half year.
1: Yeah, yeah. It seems impossible to think that Josie Altar will keep healthy and him off the team uh, that much. But uh, here we go. Maybe this is where we get a chance, like a real chance to, to put this guy under the microscope. This, If there's any situation in which Patrick Mullins should succeed and live up to the potential that you have trumpeted... Is is this one? I think.
0: Yeah. So we kind of talked about it offline, and that's like Puzuelo uh, just feeding him balls into the box, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not like he's going to run onto him, right? Like he's not the swiftest of, of Swift. run onto him kind of guy. But at the same time, uh, Puzuelo is really good, much like uh, Nicholas Ladero is at uh, finding these little holes inside the eighteen pockets to, to, of space. Is what
1: yeah. they're called they call it, Harrison. They are. They po- are.
0: You're. You're right. Pockets of space. Um, and just Mullins is so clever at finding those pockets of space and creating a shot from those half chances. So, yes, yeah, it should be really interesting to see those two uh, team up in the in the short opportunities. I don't expect there to be a lot of uh, of past connections, but I expect it to be enough to where there's going to be some uh, some really fun gifts. Some people saying Josie who? I, I don't not. I don't think Toronto fans will probably yeah I mean they might when they get their new DP
1: striker in the off season. that's true that's definitely true um did you see that little cut out about Michael Bradley today it was I forget where it came from the little yeah yeah, yeah I, I did s- I,
0: I did see it though where they were they were planning uh, <laughs> an emotional offer
1: <laughs> yeah that's, that's not something you want to read uh if you're Michael Bradley you don't want to hear like it's gonna be emotional <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because there's no way that emotion is, uh, you know, uh, generosity. <laughs> no, there's, well, I mean,
0: it it might be generosity in that they pay him, you know, they still pay, give him a seven-figure, you know, yeah. offer. Um, no, they could totally give him a seven-figure offer and still tam him.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which is where he should be at this point in his career. I think uh, that's very fair. Uh, uh, Are you saying lower or higher? I'm saying lower. I think he, I, I think he's under the. I, I, think, I don't. I think I, for Toronto it wouldn't make a lot of sense, but I think some other team making him a team player it would be a good situation.
0: So I kind of made this suggestion online for Chicago to go after him. And yeah, because that would be there's a, good, a lot that's of history there. Yeah. Right, there's a lot of history there. Um, our our friend Mr. Doyle north of the border, um, made mention of the fact that he likes him. a Enough to keep him for the half season, so maybe that yeah. that's something to watch over the over the off season to see if uh, Chicago makes a run for him because that just that would make a lot of sense uh, yeah. for, on a TAM deal. If you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna settle for a TAM deal in in MLS, I would think you'd move uh, someplace a little bit more where he started his career, either Chicago or uh, New York Red Bulls. That that seems like that would make, make kind of some thing. sense or maybe yeah. LAFC.
1: Well, that's the thing. Lafc is going to be the first place people say because Dad's there. But I can't see Dad. I mean, if Dad throws Michael Bradley in that midfield, that's not that's not helping that. a lot. I, 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 can, that I, that I, would be a bad move. Like, I, I think that's an awkward conversation. Be like, "Well, son, you know, I'd love to have you around, but we're kind of destroying with what we got. So, <laughs> you're going to be on the bench." <laughs> uh, well, yes, no, but I mean, think of. I mean, the,
0: honestly, Lee wins better than Michael Bradley. Uh, yes. Not like so they play two different positions. But, yes, I mean just like, for them
1: for LAFC having Lee Win as your first option off the bench is a mm-hmm. better thing than Michael Bradley. Yes,
0: right. Well, it, it, but think about it. I mean, Michael Bradley. It's not like they're asking any one of their Latif Blessing, maybe. Uh, but aside from that, it's not like Mark K Anthony is covering huge amounts of ground. Um, and we'll get into this in a little bit but it's about the the traps that they're springing right it's it's yeah. not so much it's about guiding the possession the opponent's possession to areas that they can uh, that they can kind of spring into action and I think uh, considering you that Michael they play pos-
1: working in that system
0: I, I could vaguely especially with the fact that he's still a pretty good player player in possession i will say his passing worries me not on the whole like his passing is still really good but yeah. he has games that it just disappeared it, it looks like he has no discernible passing trait
1: because he's not really like a ball hawk any longer if he ever was i mean i can't really remember him being that kind of player um i mean the guy can clog a passing lane pretty good i guess you know he's the recovery king He's well.
0: I mean, positionally, he's really smart, right? Yeah. Positionally, he really understands. But does he have the
1: engine to like press uh, like no, that? No. Yeah. I mean, I kind of. Here's the thing. Bob Bradley made his son into a certain soccer player, and then he made the greatest team in soccer history. They could not use him, <laughs> and that's kind of ironic. Uh, they could have used
0: him five yeah. years ago. They could. Have used five, him five years, ago, years
1: ago. ago, it's a it's okay. a fine fit. Hyperbole, uh, people don't. Don't send tweets.
0: They're going to – you're going to – yeah.
1: Atlanta I, is obviously the greatest team in soccer history. Gosh. <laughs> oh, right. my God. Let's talk about Chicago because Chicago has done things. They
0: have. We're well, kind they've of bearing done, the lead, at they've least. Done, us, they've right?
1: done one thing. Maybe they haven't even done it yet. They're going to do some things. First things first. Mo Adams gone to Atlanta for K uh general allocation money. According to Pennies Paul's on the scenario, dollar. Well, the thing is that they <laughs> they paid. You pointed R- this out. This was really, RSL. Hey, really they played RSL eighty five thousand dollars in GAM to draft him, and now they're turning around and just selling him to Atlanta for. I don't understand that. That seems like bad business. I mean, they made a profit, I guess. Like, not really, because if you think about, it, they're getting TAM back, right? And GAM is more valuable. So, oh, I read they were getting GAM. Oh, are they?
0: Okay, that's well, what previous then, then tweet said. Okay, I thought,
1: but. If that's maybe. the
0: case, maybe that then maybe they, they eke out a little bit above the line. But still, yeah, that's a great point, right? Like eight, the That money that they gave to RSL, that will be for, kind of
1: forgotten about. That's kind of a, a minor note. It's um, just weird. It just seems like such a weird – like, I don't really understand at this point in time. And I don't think we have the full details of the transaction yet. So maybe as more gets released, we'll be able to come up with an idea of, um, you know, like what – if there were other things involved in the, in the, the dealer ever, but, but uh, our friend dummy said, this was just like, what's the impetus here for Chicago to make this move? Like there's very little you're well, getting from it.
0: Especially with the two players that play that position basically on their last legs uh, headed out. Like I love Dax McCarty. I think you'd do really well in the Toronto system as an eight yeah. Dax McCarty is days as a six are dwindling fast. And that's yeah. just a real. That's just a reality. Look, mid thirties central defensive midfielders, they don't have legs often. Like banking on a player it, to be thirty four and running all over the field is not usual. It takes a very special type of player. Maybe Dax is that player, but I mean betting on it that seems really silly, especially when you have a low cost player that has shown the ability to be a ball winner. To m- maybe he doesn't have the greatest passing ability, but that's definitely a skill that he's identified and i know that he's working on it. so it, yeah it's just weird i don't know why chicago would give up on this unless that they're trying to make another move and that's the there only has thing that to I can
1: be yeah there has to be another part to this that we, we can't see yet. we don't see the whole board yet harrison not like nelson rodriguez sees the whole board but he well, doesn't we know like we know he doesn't look at the whole so maybe there's nothing more to it than this.
0: Well, we can't say he doesn't. I, I think. Yeah. Uh, my my opinion is that Nelson Rodriguez has made mistakes, but a lot of those mistakes, numerous are, mistakes, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it, all of us do in our jobs. The problem is, is that a lot of his mistakes are probably behind the curtain to where you don't see necessarily why he made. Uh, I think he's made a lot of chess moves. In hopes that something else will play out, and it doesn't, and he comes off looking really stupid. And and honestly, I mean, <laughs>
1: you think that like there are like for every move there was like a counter move that just no, I Earth don't think that out? necessarily.
0: I don't always think that that's the case. I, I'm sure there is a handful of others that he just made a bad move. Yeah. And I'm not claiming that he's a great GM by any stretch of the imagination. I do think that there are moves that he's made that, like at the beginning. I don't know. Was it last season or even maybe this season, to where he thought he had another DP coming in, um, and they never did. He like thought this. that he had an opportunity to to sign somebody, and it never came I to like fruition.
1: This. I like this a lot. I like this image of Nelson Rodriguez sitting there, like trying to play three dimensional chess, and no one will play with him. And he's like, "Guys, <laughs> let me let me play three dimensional chess." And, and, and they're uh, like, "No, two D Nelson. We're only playing on the one board." And he's like, "Then I'm gonna." Do you think that's why Atlanta played with him? Yeah. Listen, yeah. Um, here's an exciting thing about Chicago. Jonathan Bornstein, it's coming why, home. Why is it, why is that exci- exciting? I don't know. It's just Jonathan Bornstein. Like Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Bornstein.
0: Bornstein has well, I mean, like, look, he has this uh, this history with the U.S. men's national team. Yes. That's not necessarily positive, but no. somehow he's become a cult hero out of why. that <laughs> I lack don't know of positivity. Why that yeah. I still don't understand.
2: Yeah. And he kind of like
0: Demarcus Beasley'd his entire career, in that, like, Beasley probably will go down as one of the most underrated U.S. men's national team uh, pool players.
1: Yeah. And Jonathan Bornstein will do the opposite. <laughs>
0: kind of. Yeah. But largely, they, they both have this, like, nebulous career, this enigma of what they really are because they played in leagues that a lot of people don't necessarily have access to. Uh, That's true. League MX is starting to have more, but there's no data on them. It's not like we have any cool (laughs) numbers. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Like, at least with MLS, that's one thing that's appealing to uh, MLS from a, a Europe perspective is... People that are in various countries can get involved with MLS because there's so much information out there on MLS. It's really hard to get into Liga MX unless you watch it on a weekly basis.
1: Yeah, it's true. But um, I don't know. Does Does Jonathan Bornstein address a position of need for Chicago? Uh, kind of. Yeah, I mean, they really do need all the help they can get back there. Right,
0: I mean, I don't think that by any means he's not an improvement, but at the same time, they've been kind of been playing that three-back system.
1: Yeah, I don't, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, and they got Calvo just for that, I think, and, and now they've got, I don't know how Jonathan Bornstein fits there, but I, I guess it's like, I mean, he's going to be better than Marcelo. Uh, yeah, but Marcelo's not playing a lot.
0: I guess he I fits... Know.
1: Well, <laughs> this is, this is I, how I, I know he'll be better. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, right? Hopefully. No, no,
0: I, I don't. I don't think you're wrong. Wrong. Uh, he's probably definitely going to be an improvement. I will say that
1: he's thirty-four. Right. So he's not. He's not going to be doing whatever he's doing for long.
0: This is a Chicago push to finally uh, to try to make the playoffs,
1: but. Harrison, what of this quote? What of this quote, which you have provided to me on our rundown here, that says, "The fire are open for business. This transfer trade window, and everybody in the league knows that." Now, is that a quote from Matt Doyle? Or is that a quote from Nelson Rodriguez? Uh, I believe it's a quote
0: from Matt Doyle from Nelson Rodriguez.
1: <laughs> Nelson Rodriguez was speaking through Matt Doyle. I, 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 I guess. Okay, let's just let's just take it at face value. Chicago is basically saying, you can have what we got. We're, we're taking offers. The market is open. Come peruse our garage sale. Is this a team that you want to see like, just kind of blow up? It seems like maybe this isn't the kind of team you just blow up. You just kind of fix a little bit, right?
0: <sighs> so they have some young players. They do? They have a couple interesting young players. And then they have a couple... Of players that might have some value around the league. Yes. Um, CJ Sapong. You have uh, Nemanja Nikolic. Nikolic um, has value in this league. Yes. I know he probably doesn't want to stick around very long. Um, but if you're looking for half a season rental striker for a team like, I don't know, Montreal. It kind of Montreal makes sense.
1: Really use them. Yeah.
0: I mean, it could kind of make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um I don't know. I don't. I don't know necessarily if you blow this team. I don't think you blow up any team in MLS. I, I really don't. You reload. This is a league to where you shouldn't have to blow up unless you make serious catastrophic roster decisions. We a la Cincinnati. Sad. What team
1: that needs to be blown up? We already uh, talked about that. They made a series of that, bad. We don't need to. Reason. We don't need to, need to go back into. Yeah. It. We don't need to resalt those wounds; they're still fresh. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I uh, we're both, I think, bemused by Chicago's underlying numbers um, because they say this team should be really good, like excellent, even. Um, but watching Chicago play a couple, of, you know, times the last few weeks, they are not. <laughs> Well, like, so here's here's issues, the dece- here's know? the
0: deception, right? Yeah. Here, there's a couple things that are the Where's deception. Where's the deception, Harrison? What, Whoa, what, what's the the de- the, the underlying
1: number. Yeah, it's the defense. It's, it's obviously the defense. <laughs> the, the reason de- why they're scoring because the defenders make just catastrophically stupid mistakes. Right, and
2: so
0: low chances that are largely disregarded by xG.
1: Um, <laughs> aren't going in or because well, there's no one blocking them.
0: Right, there, there, there's, there's an, a, a complete. Because um, David Osteen yeah. over there
1: or whatever, Kenneth Krolm or whoever, they've gotten there now. Yeah, they're, they're, they their their back fell down at midfield. He slipped.
0: The idea that they traded Sean Johnson and just completely uh, just thought that they could do better is like retrospectively a bad decision.
1: It was a poor. Support
0: Congrats um, on uh, Sean Johnson for being on NYC, though. Yeah. No, <laughs> great
1: move it, it by him. worked out great for him.
2: Yeah.
1: And listen, we love Sean Johnson here. We always have, we always will. So we, we support Sean Johnson and we wouldn't want that's, him to be. That's, that's not part. true.
0: I've said a lot of bad things about him over the years. Okay. Well, I really like Sean should... Johnson. Okay.
1: Um, Harrison, can't oh. stand him. I, I didn't... Okay. Well, if we want to go that way. Yeah. <error>. Um, all right, you read a question here at the bottom of this thing that said, "If who's the one player you'd try to pry from the cold, dead, lifeless fingers of Chicago? Anyone. If they're open for business. I guess my question is, uh, what team am I in charge of? Um, it's a fair question. Uh, 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 New England. New England?
0: Do you think you get Johan uh, Kaploff?
1: I mean, I could. Maybe... Do you
0: want him? I don't know. Yeah, see, it's really it's really hard. They
1: yeah. There are some teams I would say Dax just get him, just grab him. Use him for another year and a half, two years. He's thirty two. He's got some time.
0: Yeah, I feel like Dax would be a really smart move for New England. I agree with that. What about Orlando? Is there any? I mean, Orlando has been looking for a couple wingers. DC United's looking for for a winger.
1: Uh, I mean, if you want to use CJ out there, I, I don't think that's his best position. But I don't either. Um, you know, that's an option. Uh, I actually really like CJ long at Chicago is the thing. Um, what about Frankowski? Yeah. Do
0: you move him yet? Is it too soon?
1: It might be. Whatever. Ha- what
0: happened with him? I mean, he's been around. Yeah. He's not been hurt, has he? I don't think uh, so. I think he went through a, cu- a short injury spell. But besides that, I mean, he's played i know
1: more than a dozen games yeah i think that there was more i'd say like i saw him play like that first game of the season and i was like "Ooh, this guy's pretty legit he looks great and then he's just kind of been yeah um you know and i know he, he, he you've got like he's competing with tie on one side and then on the other you've got basically like Well, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would take a pun on him if I were a team needing a winger. Sure. If I can get him cheap. I mean, that's Orlando right now,
0: right? I mean, Orlando's. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you want to get, get into this, Orlando seems to be talking to DC United, or at least that's the rumor about Yamil Assad, who's a free agent.
1: Right. Well, they're just going to do that to irritate Atlanta because they desperately want to actually be rivals. Um, Wow, that yeah. was the
0: most Atlanta thing I think I've ever heard you say.
1: Well, I—that's the meanest thing anyone's ever said about me. So, thank you. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> but seriously, no, like I, I,
1: I, I don't wait, give me a Let's get into it. Everybody wants you, Assad Harrison. Why does and, everybody want to eat
0: <laughs> Because he what? He scored ten goals his first season in MLS. That's,
1: that's right, he did. Uh, off, the,
0: off the left wing yeah i mean look uh, in one way in one perspective uh he's a hard-working uh quick left winger who yeah. has a history of scoring goals in this league and from that perspective especially when you start talking about dc united you start talking about vancouver that's something that they need uh tremendously right uh they need to create more uh both teams need to create more but they play such a um they need somebody that's going to play both sides of the ball um orlando uh, just needs to upgrade their their wing yeah so i i don't see vancouver as being a real player though do you did i i feel like dave casper is just kind of trying to like He's trying to milk the situation a little bit, right?
1: I don't know really what's in his best interest to. I mean, like if he's unless he's trying to create some son of, I don't know that you could do like a, a bidding war over his rights. I mean, see, really they're going to get, maybe he does. I don't know. Well, I, I, I mean, think King about Assad this. Think about this. Is, if
0: you move a sod. And you have somebody already in that next in the window picked out and you're not really thinking Assad's the best player because maybe he's overrated and he scored a couple of those goals really easily for Atlanta because, well, he had Almiron and Martinez help taking a tremendous and Viaba taking off a tremendous amount of weight. And he was able to maybe cash in a couple opportunities, not to take anything away from him, but at the same time, maybe he has a little bit more cachet than he deserves. And so you're thinking maybe you can leverage this into a few dollars and get somebody in your mind who's better fit for your system and is a more uh, dynamic player in the attack.
1: Well, that's the ideal thing to do, right? Is like sell him when he's when his value might be a little bit higher, proceeds a little higher than it is. I mean, he's he's an
2: yeah. He, he,
1: he had seven goals in 2017, nine in 2018. I mean, I guess he was all right. I He was less creative. I know he was more creative for Atlanta, but I mean, that's just the natural, I think, result of kicking to Joseph Martinez a lot. Um, yeah, I, I kind of see him as being a little bit overvalued by uh, particularly fans. I think that a lot of his Atlanta cult status is kind of somehow spilled out into like <laughs> the actual real world valuation of him in a weird way. Um, but, but that's fine. It, it, he's a fine player. He'd be a fine player on many teams. I don't think he's going to be, he's not going to take any of these teams that are in the market that we've heard discussed, Orlando or Vancouver, and turn them into like legit contenders or anything like that. That's no, all I, I'll yeah. say about. No, I outside. think that's a, that's a really good wrap. Um, but he'd be fine. Um, so yeah. So if I'm coaching New England resolution, Revolution, maybe I'm trying to take Dax. That's maybe what I'm doing. I don't know. I'd probably just take Dax anywhere just because I really like Dax, and if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna save him from the cold, dead, lifeless fingers of Chicago. That's the guy I'm bringing.
0: Yeah, that fits.
1: Uh, all right. <laughs> Let's. Uh, uh, speaking of the new England Revolution, uh, new signing there, Gustavo Bo. I hope I'm saying this right. Is it Boo or Bo? I Actually, thought it was not. Boo. There's, I've but heard if I said, said it, if I said it's Boo, it's probably Bo. It's probably Bo. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna call him Gustavo because I'm pretty confident on that. For the time being, until I hear it, uh, his name said aloud, um, I was looking at the old Y-Scout the other day, Harrison. It's a thing. Yeah. Listen, I was ready to make fun of New England Revolution and Bruce Arena. I was ready to say, <laughs> "He cost how much?" You guys, come on, you're overreaching. And once again, US soccer media is mistaking over paying a player for ambition and applauding it. But this guy's looks really good on paper. I mean like really, really solid. I uh I get that. Yeah.
0: I, I I do. I, I he does look tremendous. He looks in the caliber of Brian Fernandez and Raul Ruiz. Um I I I, I'm with you on that however didn't they don't they have a kind of really just absolutely overwhelming front
1: six to choose from already it's not a position of need it's it's this is definitely a this is a guy you buy to sort of take that to the next level if you can I don't know if it will um, you know, but if you get a guy because there are guys in this league now, apparently that can score about a goal a game. If you get a guy like that, it's invaluable.
0: I think that's more rare than what we're, I, I it's think it's obviously that...
1: more rare. I mean, like I'm saying it's, this is like the play they're making and they're trying to get one of those rare guys.
0: No, like, and, and
1: I'm saying it's not impossible. We've seen it happen now. I, I, I get
0: that. And, yeah. and look, uh, Adding, a, I don't think number one, uh, Brian Fernandez is going to keep up his pace, and uh, he's not. I'm and saying the Timbers, about a goal would, the, game. the Timbers would be absolutely foolhardy not to try to sell him this off season. Like serious they won't. They, they, won't. they won't. I mean, they're not. It's, I say it's foolhardy. not even worth discussing. It's not going to. No, it, it, it's not. But my point is, is these guys are 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 at their. Yeah, they shouldn't sell them because they're not going to make as much back. That was, nope. that was a stupid thing for me to say just off the top of my head. But here's the deal. you got a, a couple of these guys that we're seeing score and have tremendous scoring rates. Mm-hmm. Rui Diaz, his first year, was completely shattering his XG. He's come back down to earth a lot more in his second season. Martinez did the same thing. Uh, Fernandez will do the same thing. I almost guarantee it. Um Diamande is another great example. Mm -hmm. Look, you're going to have some really – bringing in a striker, a a good striker into this league, they're going to have immediate success most likely, uh, most of the time. The problem for New England wasn't that they weren't scoring goals or creating chances. The problem is that their defense is leaky as hell and they have no way to stop an opponent. They're drawing too many games. They're losing too many close games.
1: This is all true.
0: Like, it, honestly, if you're going to spend... like it, That's why right, this yeah. is a superfluous spend expenditure (laughs) it is it is to say look at us now it is to it is basically like let's unveil this huge 70 foot flag because everybody else has a 70 foot flag and now we're on equal footing with everyone never mind the fact that you know our flagpole can't really support a 70 foot flag And that's exactly what this is. New England is is trying to flaunt the fact that they're back when really they never even addressed the whole issue. Congratulations, you guys spent money. I will tell
1: you what, though, Harrison, let me say this. Let me say this. Go ahead, bud. If I were the New England Revolution, I would be very, very shy about investing heavily on a defender again. That has burnt them so many times now.
0: Yeah, it's almost like getting, I don't know, uh, second tier defenders from, uh, you know, small (laughs) leagues was a bad idea. And it's been shown to be a bad idea for the past, I don't know, five years. But let's not do our market research on that.
1: Yeah, maybe it's different. I want to say this about Gustavo uh, Boo. Okay. I'm I'm just going to go with Boo because I'd love it so much better if his name was Boo. It it, is That is pretty good. uh, It could be Bo. This guy, I want to say this because you'll like this stat a lot. I don't know that a lot of people have this one. Uh 0.43 goals per game in Liga MX, which is a lot. In a, yeah, in a it's obvious, very good. A stronger league. 0.44 xG. Huh? It's almost perfect match. I love it when that happens. Yeah. I'm just saying, could be a really good signing. Um, probably not going to holistically fix the New England Revolution. It's not going to make them MLS Cup champions because they still have glaring deficiencies, but a team like New England that has got such a negative connotation around them, such a culture of failure, such a culture of mediocrity. Um, this is I understand this play from a, 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 a uh, an intangible point of view. I, I, I get it. I get why they're doing it. I don't necessarily think it's the smartest thing to do, but I can see why some people there in charge would say it's a necessary thing to do for this franchise as a whole. There's more. No, that's it. That's okay. it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I
0: mean, I've 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 said my piece. I think they got some. I think they have some really interesting attackers. Yeah. Uh, DeWan Jones is really interesting to me. I, I really like like him out on the wing. But like they still got Diego Fagundes. They they still got Teal Bunbury. Teal Bunbury scored last week. I mean, they they've they've got pieces. I mean, that's not even considering uh uh Juan uh, what is it Juan Fernando casedo Um, who, dude, the guy is putting up his XG, I think is, is over 0.5 or 0.6. Uh, it's, it's unreal. And he's not, he had been getting minutes. Uh, so it, it's really interesting to see, Oh, Juan Aguadelo. I just completely forgot and left him off as well. Uh, Panea, um, oh, there's Carl's Gill, uh, heel, um, this this team is packed with attacking talent. It kinda makes me wonder if you can't lever, flip that for something in a league.
1: Yeah, I'd say move some of that around then. Like if you're you got valuable pieces there, like move that around. Get defenders get a defender that you know can defend in major league soccer. That they're yeah. stop relying on your foreign scouting because it sucks. And bring in somebody there. Like surely there'll be some good yeah, dude, bring in Kapelhoff, like you said earlier. Why not? Bring in Kapelhoff and Dax McCarty, and you got you'll three Pete. New England Revolution in six. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, let's let's do some re- let's do some listener questions. What I do you like say? It. Yeah, let's let's get into this. Um We okay, so we have some questions from people. Uh thank you to all the people that write questions. Uh, member asks: Pursuing someone like Yamil Assad, the best use of Vancouver's remaining assets? We kind of covered that already. Uh, I don't care. Is my answer? <laughs> sure. No. I don't know. Do you do you, do you mm-hmm. think specifically for Vancouver? Is that, I is mean, it, if the you're
0: problem? Vancouver and you have an opportunity to sign Yamil Assad, I'm kind of looking at the rest of the board that's available. Yeah, like, I guess pass. using.
1: I guess the part of this question that makes me like eh, is like remaining assets. If that really is, your, if you're spending your last spare dollar on Yamil Assad, maybe not. Uh, but if you can get a t- good deal for him, yeah, I mean he's not gonna make that team worse.
0: I mean they're in last place. What do you? I mean yeah, why would why you? Why not? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. well, the other side of it is obviously if you're gonna make moves in this window, yeah, why are you suddenly spending on Yamil Assad when you should have for the past six months already lined up targets with your brand new coaching staff? Yeah. I don't know what to address and get you know Mark dos Santos the players that he needs for his system that Damn. you know yeah it's, it's
1: a good system just needs some better better parts needs some better cogs. Um. Okay, uh, dummy run. Our friend asks: Is San Jose elite? Uh, yeah. I mean. I, it, it, it remains, you know, this needs the test of time, but they've been, um, they've been so good lately. Yeah, but they've been good as long as they were bad to begin the year. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's fair. I, that's why I was saying, like, it requires, like, hopefully there's no regression. Oh, um, no. I, 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 yeah. I mean, you're totally right. I'm not, I'm not, it's more they've on... been, they've been some appointment viewing and, um, Boy, I mean, that had to be something just to see the way they just destroyed the Galaxy. Like, yeah. I, I don't remember ever seeing a Cali Classico where the, the San Jose was that comprehensively dominant. Um, you know, like, if you take out their first month or so, like, their XG puts them, like, second in the conference behind LAFC, I think. I mean, like, this is, yeah, I mean... It, it's hard because like the the elite is so high right now, and it's just LaFC, and they're so far ahead of everybody else. I can't really put them in that same tier, um, but they're certainly in the tier right below that for me right now. Yeah,
0: I don't know if I put them that high, um, and that's not to say that you know uh, I'm I'm not a, a buyer or lover of uh, Samurai Soccer. I think Samurai Soccer's
1: amazing Seminary soccer is good go read joseph lowry's thing if you have uh, the athletic subscription yeah about their man yeah. system it's really good um, if you're gonna read one soccer website this week make it american soccer analysis if you're gonna read two go check out that one
0: yeah well i mean uh joe lowry also asa alum so yeah
1: yeah good luck you know good writer yeah, good, yeah absolutely good, good tactics thing uh yeah, and I think that that's sort of an interesting thing about what they're doing is they have kind of doing this thing that no one else is doing, and I think they're finding value in that. Um, and I think that they're able to kind of differentiate themselves in that way. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, I, are they an elite team talent-wise? Probably not, but uh, with the coaching staff that they have in place, with the system they're using, um, they're one of the teams nobody's going to want to play. So, yeah, I'd have them in that tier under LAFC. I guess we can't call it elite, but but uh, demi-elite. They're demi-elite tier. Elite the, to be seen. The one thing that I'll say is, you go eh, <clears throat> the
0: the further up that you go, eh, I don't know how to say this. Uh, the less you go back. So if you're talking about uh, going back to May and looking out from May to now, their expected goal differential, they're in a, they're in a very they're in a tier kind of all their own. And I think that it's okay to give that a shout. However, I'm really skeptical about things in in a month's increments. I think there's definitely some signal there. I think they're very good. I'm very interested to know what the next, the next adjustment is, because the next adjustment's gonna come from the league, right? And I'm curious to see what that is, or if it even happens. Does that happen this year? Does Mateus Almeida come to a point to where he's he's driven this this team to a point to where teams can't? adjust to it they don't have the time to adjust to his scheme
1: yeah um there's always going to be time for response in the rest of the league and certainly they have not um had to kind of game plan for something like this before so they're, they're taking upon by surprise but but will that work next season um remains to be seen um but i'm, I'm here to like let i'm here to, to get on the train for right now um and if i were making a power rankings um they they would i think it's fair to say they're near the top of that so yeah they're in the top third i'd totally give you that so yeah i don't know it depends on how you define elite dummy it depends on how you define elite um but i like him. i like almeida i'm glad that it it worked out i was really sad when it looked like it wasn't going to work out at all and then it worked out so that's cool um we have a question from Carlin Carpenter. Teams who look good in the standing, but whose underlying numbers suggest a massive drop off sooner rather than later. Question. Um, I almost said question mark like that needed to be said, <laughs> like I did. <laughs> question, question mark? Question mark? Um, what do you think, Harrison? I don't think there's one correct answer to this. I I have. One, but I don't think I'll be interested
0: to in know what you you have to say about this. Um, I kind
1: of remain skeptical about the Sounders. Yeah, I mean, I know, <laughs> right? But I mean, this has been going on for like two years now, so it depends on how. Again, we gotta define your terms of sooner or later. That's that's totally fair. Like, I think, uh, no. <laughs> so. For me, like two years is not soon. So, like it's later if if we're still talking about the Sanders, it is yet to happen. No, I think that they've done a great, a marvelous job over the
0: years at course correcting. Yeah, um, I, I would not even go far, so far as to say miraculous at some at some point that they've been able to navigate the pitfalls that they were absolutely destined for. Um, I think they are one that just kind of. They're really dependent upon a couple players, and the question is whether or not they can stay healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, The underlying numbers don't love them. Um, That isn't to say that, you know, they're dependent upon that. I think Rui Diaz has shown his ability to kind of beat some of the metrics, uh, mostly because, you know, he gets into really good spots and he gets into... (laughs) um,
1: Okay, let's... Do you think Rodriguez has, has bad underlying numbers? Because they're not bad. I don't, I
0: don't think they're bad.
1: They're even quite good. Yeah. But they're also not
0: commiserative with what he's been doing.
1: Uh, okay. All right. I mean, do you disagree? I mean, no. I, I don't think it's, like, an overwhelming... Like, he's at 0.83 goals per game and 0.61 XG. And it's not like... I mean, we're talking because he's been injured so much. Like that's not a crazy thing. That's not like an unbelievable over performance, is it? It's a little bit of an over performance. Yeah, but it's on a smaller scale. Like that'll even out. But even I'm I'm not saying I'm not. Yeah, but what I'm saying is he's. I
0: I think you'll. I think that's sustainable for him. Yo, you're okay. I see. I think that's sustainable for him. And the reason why I think it's sustainable for him is because he's the type of player that's getting into the 1v1 situations, right? He's Mm -hmm. they're doing a really good job, especially with Jordan Morris cutting in on the wing, that's helping to uh, create some other one on ones. He's pulling other defenders towards himself, uh, very similar to how he did this weekend uh, against Atlanta. they really yes. abused that that left back spot and it, it created some opportunities where Miles Robinson honestly just couldn't handle Rui Diaz's movement I think that that's kind of what the Sounders do uh, either with the overload on the left or even with Jordan Morris coming in on the right That's their point is to try to isolate Rui Diaz and I, he, he's amazing with his movement yes. um, and I think that's why he beat some of his XG
1: Taylor Twelman calls him the flea no one else I've yeah, heard, yeah no i've no never heard i never him. heard that before know, never, just, he goes like call him the flea like do they i've never heard that okay
0: but if um, he, if he goes away victor rodriguez is perpetually injured um yes. jordan morris has had his bouts with injury i i wonder who's going to score goals for this team will brood ah uh, i mean they're going to be really reliant upon their young players and that's yes. not to say that their young players can't succeed. That's just the team that immediately stands out to me in the Western
1: Conference, because the Western Conference all of a sudden is getting scary. I will just say... overpacked. One more time, Harrison, for the people in the back. The three pillars of MLS success. Health, wealth, and luck. And...
0: And two of those are tied together for the Sounders right now.
1: Yes. And one thing I would say is that there, if you look at Seattle's underlying numbers, one thing, some things that are interesting to me that I think that need to be taken into consideration. And I know this question didn't say talk about the Seattle Sounders, so like we'll we'll return to the question in a second. Okay. Um, but is that I think that there there are periods during a Seattle Sounders season where they're not really the Seattle Sounders because they're all so hurt. Yeah. Um, and then there are periods where they're extremely good, which is when they have all their players healthy. Uh, so I think that there's kind of an averaging happening there a little bit, maybe. Um, but, but to answer Carl's question, um, we don't know. Like, uh, we have seen teams outperform their numbers for a year or two. Um, we've seen it, you know, people regress within a season. Um, it, it's an interesting thing. And, and this is why it's helpful to look at this kind of data on a longer timeline than it is to take snapshots. Like yes. even one season can be small when we're looking at the whole picture, right? Oh, totally.
0: And the other side of the coin, like if we want to look, Honestly, if you if you want to take a stab at this, Montreal would be one another team that I'm kind of like. But you're right, right? Like it's it we can take we can take a look at this and say, well, Montreal's been uh, over <laughs> beating their uh, expected goal differential for how long? Um, but despite that, I mean, the same same is true of Houston, right? Houston spent all of last year and really Chicago this year ahead of their expected goal differential. And they've just never figured it out.
1: Yeah. Um, Does that mean the expected goals are a useless metric, Harrison? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. We should just close shop, shouldn't we? Yeah, we're done. We're done. Shut her down. Thanks, Carla. You ruined ASA. Uh, No kidding. Uh, It's a really good question, and it's one that people ask me a lot. And and I, I hate having to give an answer like, I don't know. It depends. Uh, but I don't know. It depends on a lot of things and a lot of factors. Like, why are those underlying numbers low? Um, is it due to injury? Yes, that will be fixed sooner, maybe, assuming the players can get healthy again. Is it, um, you well, know. Well,
0: and, and some of this is like, are stuff you that playing we're... all your
1: games on the road for some reason that that happens in every year to one oh, team in MLS right. now? Um that could be fixed by the end of the season too. That could be an easy fix, you know. Um, is there something systematically high risk, high reward about the way that you play soccer, the way you line up your team, the way you, the way you do tactics? Um, that can make your numbers look funky, and like that could be really good one year and show possibly and really bad the next, depending on how that coin goes. So it, it's Red Bulls. there you go. So um, you know, yeah. There's there's not a good answer. It, it it it's a great question. I wish it had a great answer, uh, but but I don't think it does.
0: I still, I, I'm, I'm going with Seattle and Montreal. Those are, my, those are my answers.
1: But those aren't the answers to the
0: question. <laughs> what, what, what question are you answering with this? Teams that look good in the standings, but underlying numbers suggest a massive drop-off. But he's saying, well, it happens
1: sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, I'm saying that they're the most likely to drop off s- sooner,
1: you're, right. you're saying those are the two teams. Okay, well I agree with you on Montreal. That is a house of cards, It yeah. has always been a house of cards, and will always be a house of cards. Um, but I'm not so sure. I think Seattle warded it off enough that I I've, I've come to to not expect it at this point. But they make it definitely. I,
0: wrong. I just the only reason why I said that was just because they seem the most. Well, actually. I shouldn't say that the most likely LA galaxy is right there with them and they seem absolutely in disarray. So I'm sure that one's already happening. I think the Western conference is such a pitfall. Like honestly, you have LA FC who has their playoff position for certain. And then you have Seattle, the galaxy, Minnesota, San Jose, RSL, Houston, FC Dallas, and Portland. Oh, by the way, there's also SKC. Like, yeah, there's nine teams. You can't. You you only get. There's only six spots.
1: The other shoe is gonna drop for another one of those teams, and I, I think you're right. I don't know that LA. I think LA held it together long enough that I don't think it'll be them. Um, I don't know,
0: man. I I really I really wonder about them unless yeah, they it fix be something.
1: Yeah, we, we we should maybe talk about them sometime soon deeper into that look 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 beyond uh the the in la uh galaxy so uh, i think we got time for one more question and i'm gonna make it from uh lafc josh who asked what has bob bradley done to the lafc midfield to improve their ability to play within his system uh well harrison i'm gonna let you take that one and explain the mastery of what goes on behind the scenes in bob bradley's head and training sessions I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I wish we could give you a better answer on this one, LAFC Josh. We can make some <clears> theories. <throat> um, but, but really, you know, without kind of seeing the training system, we can tell you the results, what we see of it, um, and what's different this year than what was last year. But we can't really tell you what he said or what he did um, to make that happen other than probably just train them differently, Well, them and it's a slightly it's, different look at a slightly different system, right?
0: Well, yeah. And, and it's also he has a new ca- coaching staff too. This year. Yeah. So okay. I mean, you have to think about the the personalities bringing different things, right? They they implemented. And this is something that we talked about offline. Um, is they implemented a much higher pressing scheme, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's that high. I think there's other teams that uh, that are higher. What I think. But it's pretty high. No, it is pretty high. It is. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's not, let's not I, say it's not high. Yeah. I, I, you've corrected me this on a couple times to where I've yes. said, "Well, there's others that are higher," and you're like, "But that doesn't make it less high, Harrison. <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty high still. It's pretty up there." So what they're really doing is their line of confrontation is definitely in the second, in the uh, opponent's half, right? But mm-hmm. they're pushing. They're creating passing lanes, and those passing lanes. Are basically to lead the opponents into their own traps and that's basically what it comes down to and they're forcing their opponents to basically make a bad pass or to make a bad or make a choose a, a bad option right and they're preying on that and every single DF uh, defensive action opportunity that they get they're winning they're yeah. putting themselves in position to win two-thirds of their
1: their duels it's it's impressive yeah i'm going to read this little bit from uh Twix article it's just a couple of sentences that i think are really kind of nail down what this team is and this is uh from an article on americansocceranalysis.com a great soccer website go read it uh they're doing it while making almost 80 81 percent of their passes in the opponent's half the eighth highest since 2016 when they have the ball they don't stop until after they make a shot, and when you finally get the ball, they don't let you move it past your half. LAFC forced their opponent to play 37% of their open play passes in its own half, the highest since 2016. The opponent is also making only 15.8% of their passes into LAFC's defensive third, which is the second lowest at MLS in the last four years. That's pretty... Those are favorable conditions for a soccer team. If you can create those conditions, you're going to win a lot of soccer games. Um, And so, yeah, I I think it really just kind of has to do with um, the method and and the shape with which they press. And and like Harrison said, um, how they figured out how to sort of uh, make opponents uh, do their own demise, as it will. Yeah.
0: and, And it's it's I think having the players and we kind of talked about this to begin the show, right, with Michael Bradley and and and. I don't know how much he would fit in this, like what we talked about in tracking stuff down. He's really good positionally, and he's done this for Toronto, and that, and even for the US Men's National Team, and that's shuttling the ball to a specific zone and setting that trap. I think depending on how you use him and deploy him, and this goes for Mark Anthony Kaye, who's done a brilliant job with this. It's all about pushing that ball and pushing that pressure to be in a specific zone. And that's really, that's, that I think is the difference this year is they've, they've definitely set up some, um, some ways to not get beat when it comes to the possession style. Right. It's that counter press, but then the direct play they've brought in guys and had guys like Walker Zimmerman who are winning the ball in a crazy amount, uh, that prevents it from being uh you know turned back over yeah
1: it's um <clears throat> it's it's a fascinating thing like san jose uh I, I don't think it's quite as unique but uh it's certainly um uniquely effective um so i, I hope that gives you some stuff to think about lafc josh um you know I, I wish we knew more about what goes on behind the scenes that would be really fun um i'm, I'm sure a reporter with more access could probably probably give you something more like that but uh yeah whatever they do when it's working we like it uh i think that's it did you want to say anything else harrison i'm, I'm good man all right you as a reminder for this week contrary to popular belief atlanta still does not suck that's oh, true i, I did yeah. write that in the notes <laughs> <laughs> that's true they don't um a lot of people were flipping out a bit after this weekend because they were pretty thoroughly um beaten by the sounders i think um, you know, two one scoreline, but I, I think that Atlanta just didn't look very good. Um, but that's okay, guys. They're winning now. They're beating Houston already, like three nothing or something. So, congratulations. But uh, Albert Elise got sent off in the six minutes. So, that's yeah. what happened there. He hit two yellow cards. Two yellow. <laughs> not not a red. He really? got two back to back yellow cards in the first six minutes. Awesome uh, work, Albert Elise. Great job. That's that's my guy. That's that's our That's our boy. Um, So, I'm sure that people will overreact to this in the same way, uh, positively, in the same way they overreacted negatively. But Atlanta's fine, Atlanta fans. Take a breath. Have a cigarette. No, don't smoke. You know, chew some gum. All right. Um, (laughs) uh, That's all. I'm going (laughs) to thank you once again uh, to my friend and colleague, Harrison. You can find them on Twitter at Harrison underscore Crow. You can find me on Twitter at a handle for Ian. You can find our website uh, at analysis evolved. Uh, Give that a follow. Please visit the website, www.americansocceranalysis.com. We will have some content going up later this week. Uh, I've been slow on on editing and and, and posting it, so that's on me. Uh, But but there will be stuff there. Check it out. You're going to want to read these things. These things are going to make you the smartest soccer fan fan in your carpool assuming you have a carpool and you should because save the earth Uh, unless you ride your bike yeah that's always better actually yeah you'll definitely be the smartest soccer fan on your bike if you listen to this while you're riding um all right we'll be back next week see you then until then enjoy the soccer
0: green options
2: (laughs) i felt that